This is another episode of Connecting the Dots podcast. I'm Skip Stewart, Vice President and Chief Improvement Officer for Baptist Memorial Healthcare. Hey, everybody. I'm H.F. Mason. I'm a general surgeon and chief medical officer for Baptist Memorial Hospital DeSoto and chief quality officer for the Baptist system. And hi, everyone. I'm Jake Lancaster. I'm an internal medicine physician and the chief medical information officer for the Baptist system. Well, today we are so excited. We have a guest that's been on many other podcasts, and his name is Keith Ingalls. Uh, Keith uh, has a long history with Toyota, and he's getting ready to tell us a little bit about himself. But what we're going to talk about today is this concept of being hard on the process and easy on the people. Hard on the process and easy on the people. And we believe that aligns up to our principle of focus on process. So on that note, uh, Keith, if you would tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where do you work at and what is your role there? Certainly. Thanks, Skip. I work for the Raymond Corporation, which uh, we manufacture forklifts, and we've been a division of Toyota for uh, since the year 2000. I actually came over from the Toyota side. Uh, my role and responsibility currently is I support the Solutions and Support Center network for Raymond. Um, I'm in front of both our distribution network as well as customers and supporting continuous improvement. Building a continuous improvement culture is really our objective through through milestones and steps of learning and development. I've uh, been part of Toyota organization uh, since uh, you know, about 22 years now, almost 23, and uh, learned from the Toyota side. Uh, I've gotten uh, better at continuous improvement over the years by making mistakes. You learn from mistakes, and I've made a ton of them, and and uh, so I enjoy the opportunity in my role to uh, knowledge and experience on to others and encourage them on their path in continuous improvement. Well, uh, Ray, once again, thank you so much for being here. And and as Skip said, today we're going to talk about, you know, being hard on the on the process and easy on the people. And, you know, when we do anything, when we have any process, whether we're taking care of patients or we're building cars or whatever, we're going to make mistakes. And mm-hmm. our our default is to play the blame game. And, you know, well, something went wrong or, you know, this operation didn't, Dr. Mason, this operation didn't go quite as planned. So obviously you did something wrong. Um, why is that? And, and, and how, how do we change that? Well, Dr. Mason, I think that's a great question. And, and we've, we've learned that. My observation is we've learned that over the years, like, you know, when we're growing up in sports or playing games, you put somebody that's a little bit better at the parameters than somebody else. And you think, well, it's the same. So we put a different person in. So so over time, we get in this habit of, of, of switching people out instead of looking at the process. But what we find in the workplace is a good process. Anyone can replicate it. And, and if the process is difficult, we can put somebody in there and they may run faster or they may um, so to speak, sprint the marathon for a little while, but the process is still difficult. So they're still going to have struggles and we're going to see that um, show up in the form of, of uh, defects in quality or disruptions in flow of our service. And, and then we're going to get frustrated. So that's another uh, indication we can, we can learn from our people. Frustration, people want to contribute in the workplace. And so that presupposes a couple things. One, they know what their contribution is, what their value-add contribution is. It's really it's really cool to talk about removing mood and non-value-add, right? But that presupposes we understand value-add, and, and I don't find that to be the case. 
We also find I've also found in our team when we coach, people want to contribute. They may not know always what to contribute or how best to contribute, but they want to contribute. So if we can help through the process, help them prepare their work area, help them uh, be well trained, well well set with the tools and and the uh, the supplies they need, then they can do the work well. And so frustration is a good indicator. It's hard to measure, but we use it as a metric. If you can feel it. You can feel it. We have hard metrics like turnover or absence, but frustration in the workplace is a good indicator that process is not working well. And it's a good opportunity for us to get ahead of that and say, okay, what about this is challenging? What about this is difficult? Because if people want to contribute, they get frustrated when there's impediments to that contribution. Yeah, I think, I think that's really well said. And, and to HF's point in healthcare for a long time, you know, we were, very quick to blame the individual, um, but at, you know, as we've developed, you know, lean and continuous improvement strategies over the years, we've moved more towards the focus on the process and um, and that systems thinking. But to your, I, I really like your your motto: hard on the process, easy on people. But what does that look like um, on a day to day basis? You know, a lot of us think we do it well, but uh, I guess there's probably different varying degrees of, of how people can uh, succeed in that manner. Sure. Um, well, Dr. Lancaster, we look for certain things that are struggles in the, in the process. So, so when you walk in a workplace and any workplace, and, and I know your specialty is medical, but you can still see good process. Are there visuals? Um, you know, are there boards up in, in the area that are communicating to the team? Because there's usually a team of, of, of personnel taking care of a patient. So is, is there good visuals? Do we know what the, 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 key performance indicators are, you know, the blood pressure, the heart, those things. Are there visuals? Are they communicating well with each other? That's indication of good process. Any any uh, associate, any uh, person that's put in a position with a poor process is going to have struggles. If they don't have access to the information they need, if they aren't communicating as a team, they're going to have struggles. So that's a good indicator. So we, we also want um, to respect the expert of the work. And everyone, when I ask this question, is who is the expert of the work being done? Everyone gets that answer right. It's the person doing the work. They're the expert of how the work's done. So we want to bring their insight in to the process. And if we shut them down or we blame them, they're not going to bring improvements or ideas or suggestions to us because they're seeing what's creating struggle and challenge in their day to day. And so we really want to. That's a rich source of ideas for how to make changes. And I'm not usually talking about massive changes, but little simple things like like keeping a different notation of 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 how things are going today or, or letting me mark about, you know, during a shift change, how do I mark something important for that next person coming in? You know, how do I contribute to that process? When associates are engaged with that, that it, you're going to see evidence of that. Visuals is, a, is one of our greatest coaching areas. Make sure there's visual that we're communicating well. So so if we're not, that's a process problem. That's not an associate problem. That's not a contribution issue. That's we just haven't set up a good process. You know, I, I have a new associate. I was explaining, uh, we were talking about travel. I had a lot of travel knowledge and travel, but things, tips and tricks of how you travel easily. Um, you know, it's a process. Everything's a process. So so we can teach people process and we can teach them to contribute to the process. So having a good way for them to make suggestions and ideas and a good way for us as leaders to respond to that is also another important element. 
Raymond, when you're looking at a process, you know, let's let's just say in a in an automobile factory, and I don't know, let's say it's it's putting on a tire. Mm-hmm. You know, now you you would ex, you expect that to be done perfectly or or to standard, yes, 100% of the time. What is the threshold when you start seeing errors or mistakes? What's what's the threshold when you say, okay, is this a process? issue or can this person maybe just not do it so you're getting into you're getting really into the detail now but uh experience tells us it's very rare that it's it's sometimes it is a person issue that they're just not a fit and we talk about the the right seat on the bus like like i worked with an an associate recently and he's really good numbers person but he doesn't he's not so much good at coaching because he that's not what he likes. So so we want to put people like that in the right role where they can maximize their contribution. So sometimes we get the person who we're not utilizing their talent or their skill set well. So that can happen. But we want to give them every chance to succeed and get that uh, get give them that opportunity. Um, so recently, and, and medical is really good at this. I'm a big fan of medical applications because. You, you have those, you know, you go in a surgical room, you've got all your tools, your supplies, everything at the ready. Yet in many workplaces, we don't do that. I, I was helping a, a group, uh, we're welding, we're welding um, frames. And so the next thing I see, this is the welding's a constraint in the in the process, right? Like, so we could build more units if we could weld more equipment. So the next thing I'm watching, I'm doing an observation, simple observation is key. And I see welders going out because they run out of wire, welding wire. I see them leaving the workplace. I'm like, whoa, stop, stop. Their value add is burning metal. And that's their is welding. A lot of people can bring them the wire if we know what wire and where to deliver it. So if we had a visual that shows they're running slow, someone else can deliver that wire so that welder can keep welding. So things like that applies to anything, including medical. If if you're trying to help a patient and you don't have the supplies or equipment you need, you're going to leave that 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 contribution area. That's that's a process issue. Can I tell I have the supplies I need? Can I tell I'm missing something? Can I add a visual glance, audit that work area that it's at the ready? Because if the work area is not ready, we're going to have delays or, or quality struggles or something. It, we're going to struggle with something. And if we bring that associate out of their work, anyone, uh, no matter how skilled they are, is going to struggle to to lose that rhythm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that that visual, what you're talking about with the, with the welding wire. You know, just thinking – you know, I guess with with Toyota and manufacturing, there's thousands of different uh, processes that you would need to evaluate in healthcare. You know, I'm overwhelmed by the number of possible processes that we could improve. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you prioritize where to start? How do you even go about tackling where would you get the most bang for your buck? Well, people get overwhelmed by that all the time. And one of the things that that my team and I try to coach is think about it like this. Think about it in in terms of you you have you have to have this vision of where you want to be. This is this perfect spot. Maybe it's it can be climbing a mountain. However you vision it, you know, like this is my vision I want to get to. But this is where I'm at. We we don't have the capacity to leap to it, but we're going to take steps towards it. Right. Every day, a little bit more progress. And if we focus on the step, which is within our capacity, We'll look around, we'll raise our head and we'll measure and we'll go, wow, look how much progress I've made, which invigorates you to do more. There's no wrong place to start. And the, the great thing with process improvement, it, it works for it works for everything. Like we work in in financial services all the time, invoicing, um, 
sales uh, quotes. It doesn't matter. It's all process. Do I have what I need at the ready? Am I well-trained and ready to perform? Then can I deliver to my customer on time and defect-free? That's that's all we, all we focus on. So that thinking, it doesn't matter. If we're making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or if we're building a, a car, it doesn't matter. So we can apply that process, that thinking to the workplace. And the cool thing that I like is we get to engage people. When we're easy on the people, they want to help. They want to contribute. The idea is that people people are so inventive. It never ceases to amaze me the things they come up with. You know, and, and these are things that, that yeah, I'm not an expert of anyone else's work. I'm just a coach trying to get them to bring out their expertise. And if I can do that, it just amazing results happen. Yeah, I like the way you say that easy on the people and they will share more. I imagine that the counter side of that is if if you're hard on people, um, you lean into that blame culture, then people don't speak up and you really lose their their ideas and expertise. Right. Well, and I've, and I've experienced that leadership is, is really critical as well. You need your leaders that have an understanding and can support continuous improvement. I've literally seen managers and leaders walk by a work area and say, what are you doing that, that TPS or that RLM stuff for? Get back to work. Like, okay, that's, that's sometimes you got to slow down to implement an improvement in order to speed up. And, and, and I got to be careful when I say speed up because we don't, we don't look at faster. We look at removing time. So, for example, if, if I have a route to work and it's 10 miles and I'm driving 60 miles an hour and I find a better route that's five miles, I'm still driving 60 miles an hour. I get there in less time, but I'm not driving faster. It's the same we're looking for in the workplace. We want to take time and effort out. And so yep. that's where we need that, that expertise of people. When we take effort out, then the value add, the contribution is smooth and easy. Keith, if you would, out of curiosity, uh I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase it, so I'll just use my okay. slang. H- how do you practice what you preach or how do you practice what you promote? So within the improvement uh, world, how do you think about being uh, hard on the process and easy on the people uh, just like you would for your customers, whether it be in the financial or building a car? How do you do it within your improvement group? So we we win over um, leaders. We try to concentrate on winning over leaders to help us coach uh, their people and look for that feedback. And we can measure that by uh, input. It's like there's a hard metric to how many suggestions we get. We call those Kaizen, which is a change for uh, the better. But any suggestion based uh, process, whatever you call it, if, if people are contributing, if they're suggesting change, then you, you're measuring engagement. So we, we train people uh, in the, the thinking of our mechanics of continuous improvement, like 5S. There's all kind of tools. But the tool is not, not what's important. What's important is the people using it and gaining knowledge, skills, and experience in it. And so that needs coaching and feedback. So we engage their leaders to help them, to learn and help them, and to look for these, these struggle areas. Wherever there's a slowdown, there's a challenge. There's a process opportunity. If it's somebody's frustrated or something went wrong, you, you know, it's it's a paradigm shift usually for the leader to not blame, but to practice. Take a breath. Now go at it and ask the question: What can we do to prevent this next time? What could we have done? There, there's there's things in there. That's that's how we want to get better. The other thing is, once something's occurred, um, you can't go back and retroactively fix it. 
So, so I, I saw a phrase the other day when I was going through things I really liked. I said, I want to pick that up for our team. We never lose. We either win or we learn something. And mm-hmm. I kind of like that resonated with me because it reminds us if something goes wrong, that's an opportunity to learn so that next time we, we, we fix it. Um, I got onto a group the other day. They had, a, they had an equipment failure uh, on, on a line. Now, I, I do a lot of different things, logistics, all kind of different things. But the line example was a good one because the machine broke. So what they went out, they went out and they fixed the machine, put it back in service. I said, well, that's great. But why did the machine break? Were we servicing it routinely? Were we missing a part? Did the operator check it before operating it? See, these are things that's, that's in process. Now, you can run out and just fix that machine and put it back in service, and it'll run for a while. But you haven't gotten to root cause to correct it. So we teach people to kind of do these, to think, think more deeply on the process. And that just takes practice. Jake, I, I hope after this weekend, if, if we don't get the outcome that we want against Georgia, that we can say that we learned something that we actually that we actually <laughs> didn't lose. Jake and I are big Ole Miss fans. And we got a, we got a big game this weekend. That's, that's I, I think there's going to be a huge learning opportunity after this weekend. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think you may be right. Keith, um, I, I really like it when you said we, we don't try to speed up. We actually try to remove time. And part of that is is, you know, value stream mapping. And, and a lot of times Absolutely. is where I always got confused was the things that are adding value, try to do them faster rather than, you know, trying to remove the waste. But sometimes I get I get when I'm when I'm trying to look at a process, it may be even something at home or anywhere trying to distinguish between value add and non value add. Sometimes mm-hmm. that can be a little bit harder than it than it uh, sounds, you know. How do you distinguish that? Well, I'm going to I'm going to come at that answer from from two different ways, because I heard you say, you know, when you're looking at like the value stream, like in a process, we'll map a process out. If you start feeling your own anxiety or frustration, break that process into smaller steps like that's that's one I hope you and your audience will take away from from this. I've learned that the hard way. If it's too big, respect your own capacity and break it down smaller, smaller steps. Is, is going to get you the distance you're trying to cover anyway. So so that's one of the, the, the things I would leave to think about. And the other piece is um, when you start breaking things down, you want to start looking at um, areas you can affect and areas you can impact uh, easily. It's okay to go after that low-hanging fruit. You, you don't have to get the big wins. In fact, I talk a lot about, um, like you're talking about football, uh, I talk a lot about everybody wants the trophy, but nobody wants to talk about the practice and the training and the exercise that goes into it. But that's really what what gets us that trophy. And so it's no different when we look at process. You know, what kind of what we call um, leading indicators, what kind of inputs can we look at to make sure we're getting the results we want? Because results are their results. You know, that's that's an outcome. We don't drive a result. We drive what contributes to the result we're looking for. So in, in medical, you know, you're, you're always driving for what gets me the result I'm after. So it really aligns, I think, really well with continuous improvement thinking, because if we're process focused, we, 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 we set the results aside, worry about the process and then the results, will, the results we want will come. I like that. And you mentioned breaking it down into small steps that you within your own capacity could potentially um effect a lot of times people will try to improve a process or want to improve a process and that will require maybe a different group or an it change or some big uh change that slows them down but um 
you know, I've heard several people say that, you know, do something that you can see the results of today or tomorrow, you know, yes. make that sort of change. Um, any further comments on, along those lines? Well, that's another way to involve people and and we're about uh, people development. So a lot, there's a lot of lean methods and things out there. Our approach is developing people. So when when we have, uh, say, a technician walk up to uh, a mechanical device that's broken, we don't think the tool set the technician has is the value add. It's the knowledge, skills, and experience of the technician that's, that, that they know what tool to grab and use. And sometimes in continuous improvement, uh, I see people think it's the tools that's the value add, and it's, it's not. It's developing our people to know what tool to grab and how to use it. And if we take that time to develop our people, the, the, the results, sometimes the results are so good, people don't believe us. You know, we had, uh, we took a process last year. It was a, a, a rebuild process, and it took 11 weeks when we started our project. And so over time, we found some how, how we put uh, machinery through the process was a really big um, challenge piece. So we got that down to three weeks within about uh, less than three months. Now, if I had told people at the beginning, we're going to take this 11-week process and we're cutting cut it down to about a third – Everybody freaked. They'd have freaked out. They went, no, we can't do that. Right. They would dug in their heels. So you don't necessarily want to focus on results. Let's focus on the process and then let's check our results, make sure we're on track and go back to process and check our results. Because the results, a lot of times the results are just staggering. People really are. When you start bringing out that creativity, you start finding things and people say, you know, that's been bothering me for a long time. Why don't we do it this way? Let's let's try it and test it. And and sure enough, these things work. So. Um, in that process, people thought, oh, what's well, the servicing of the equipment that's slowing us down? We hardly touched the servicing of the equipment. It was how we brought equipment in, how we put it through the system, how we tagged it and got parts for it. Those were the aspects that were the challenge that were slowing us down. Turns out working on the equipment wasn't wasn't one of the constraints. Hmm. So we that's how we get that process. But we kept looking at that process. And the, the, the engagement from that was was the engagement when you in, get people involved. It's really I think it's really fun. Because they bring a lot of great ideas and you start thinking, man, I never would have thought of that. You know, then you're also expanding your 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 continuous improvement universe to all these other great minds who have all this other thinking. You know, we don't want to as leaders, we shouldn't want to have to come up with all the ideas ourselves. Our value add is not coming up with all the ideas ourselves. Our value add, I believe, is engaging our people to bring the ideas to us so we can execute. Sure. Keith, in medicine and in particularly in surgery when I was training, we had a saying, and, and there was a lot of truth to it, see one, do one, teach one, which which in surgery, it can be kind of scary, and, and we know that that's not the case now, but I was just curious, at, at Toyota and in your plant, let's say you hire somebody to do an operation on the line, cars mm-hmm. moving down the line, from, yes. from, the, from the time that that person is hired until you have them trained up that you're ready to turn that that person loose and let them start doing the operation on their own. What kind of time frame are we talking about at Toyota? Well, so, so I'm going to speak from the Raymond side. So we bring okay, it in. Sure. We, we emulate from the same place. So we we have a training uh, process first for new associates. And if everything works on process and sometimes we don't get our process right, too. And so we look to make improvements. But if everything works right, we bring a new associate in. We'll, we'll teach them the general aspects of the process. Then we'll teach them on what we call standard work, so a documented process standard. And then ideally, we're going to put them with uh, a trained associate as a coach 
so that they can coach them and mentor them because standard work, when we write a standard work document, that is a coaching document. And so, Dr. Mason, by that, I mean we, we shouldn't ever hand standard work off to a new associate and go, here, go go have fun, go go do it. We want that expertise of the mentor-mentee relationship to be in place. And a lot of times that's not necessarily their leader uh, on the line. A lot of times that's an experienced associate that's that's a, a more seasoned peer. And so you made a great point, and we use that too. That peer now is coaching someone else, but that peer is also – polishing their own skills and really thinking about why they do what they do. And so they're thinking more deeply about their own process. So it's a great opportunity to, we're developing two people at the same time, you know, and so we, we love that. Okay. Good deal. Uh, So early on, you mentioned that you made a lot of mistakes early in your, in your career that has, you know, kind of shifted, um, I guess your thinking and, and how you approach, uh, continuous improvement. Can you tell us about some of those mistakes and, and what you learned? Sure. Well, w- one of my favorite ones is um, to order production system and Raymond Lee Management, we use the same uh, uh, graphic as a house. So there's a foundation of a house, there's two pillars and there's a roof. The foundation is, um, you'll hear it called different things, 5S, but what I, what I coach it as, it's workplace set. It's workplace set. Do I have everything at the ready for workplace? When I first started bringing my, my team uh, alongside, I was really looking for the pillars, which uh, just in time, Jadoka, it means quality and flow. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking for quality and flow because I had customer demands and I'm trying to meet demand. So I'm trying to get into quality and flow. So I, I really care about workplace set. But every time we would try to do quality or try to do something right or do something in less time, less effort, and we didn't have a good workplace set, like we didn't have the tools or supplies or things at the ready. Yeah, we, we'd be slowed down. We'd be pulled back into that foundation. It took me a while looking at that going, oh, our foundation's not strong. So if your foundation's not strong, your pillars, you know, their house falls over. It's not good. And, but it yep. took me a long time looking at that to, to have that epiphany. And I know rationally it sounds easy, but it's kind of like riding a bicycle. You know, we all learn that by doing. And so continuous improvement is that bicycle. We learn by doing. And that, that level of experience, I can tell somebody – the, the mechanics of it, but they have to feel it for themselves before they get get that really that epiphany moment. We go, oh, I can't skip workplace set. So that was one of mine with my team. I was trying to push them too far too fast. So by slowing down, we actually were going faster. We were delivering better customer experience sooner. And that's no matter what field we're in, medical or no matter what field we're in, we want that great customer experience. And you know, for you guys, sometimes that can be very uh, very important. You know, for a patient. <laughs> No, no, it's it's always in, incredibly important. But I, I like what you were just saying about trying to go too far too fast. I do think a lot of times we try to um, jump to something that is maybe trendier or, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's uh, it's the hot topic of the moment and um, kind of skimp on the fundamentals that we need in order to get going. Um, so that was a great example. Um, but did you get brought in to just focus on quality and flow and somebody else is supposed to work on the foundation or, or how does that uh, setup work? No, at, at, at Toyota, I was in, uh, I was in the field. So I, I managed a, uh, a distributor, a dealership location. And so we had, um, you know, I think this is pretty, uh, interesting challenge. We didn't have enough resource for all the customer demand we had. So it's a great problem to have, but it's a problem. And so we started um, looking at the continuous improvement um, strategies to to overcome some of these challenges and and made a lot of mistakes. And so over the years, doing that more and more, that's 
that's helped me to uh, to understand the concepts are really important and getting other people to understand where we're going, but how we're going to get there through the continuous improvement process. Because if if you want to give that best customer experience or best patient experience, you've got to have everything at the ready and you've got to have feedback as you go, you know, that, that you know if things are going well or if things are not going the way you planned. It's planned versus actual, right? Yeah. It's always planned versus actual. So if something's not going as planned, we got to check that because either our, our plan was off or uh, some of our assumptions, something in our process is wrong. And so the quick, more quickly we can address that, the more easily we can fix it and adjust course. The longer that goes wrong, the more difficult that is to adjust our process and get back on course. No, yeah, I think that is, is great. Getting that feedback early and quickly. Unfortunately, in healthcare, a lot of our a lot of our feedback comes from payers and CMS that can even be a year old by the time oh. we finally get it. And uh, it's very and we, we find it very frustrating because we cannot really act on that. Um, or maybe we've already changed a bunch of processes and we got to wait another year before we see the results of it. So it mm-hmm. can be very frustrating for, for a lot of people in healthcare. So we have to adopt these um, additional tools so we can get better feedback more quickly. But um, yes. yeah, uh, I really appreciate you you coming on the podcast today. I, I know I learned a lot. I know uh, HF and Skip had to drop off a, a little early, but um, you know, thanks again. And thank you everybody for listening to another episode of Connecting the Dots. Remember, if you follow the link in the show notes, you can redeem this episode for CME credit.